0: There's never just two sides to a sports issue. Welcome to Three Sides Sports Talk. Welcome everyone to Three Sides Sports Talk. Todd, Jerry, Jeff with you again for another preseason episode. Manning just got done playing the Chargers, getting ready for preseason game three, the Battle of the Bay against the Raiders. But before we get to that, let's look back. What do we like? What did we not like? And as always, Travers, Jimmy. So, Jerry, break it down. Game two of the preseason.
1: Yeah, to, to me, the most interesting part of Sunday's game was what Kyle Shanahan said afterwards. You know, according to Matt Miyoko, friend of Three Side Sports Talk, Kyle wouldn't comment on naming the Snyder starting quarterback for week one, which, of course, perked up my ears. I mean, was this just Kyle's way of avoiding a question that he's answered like, a million times in terms of who this team starter is, or is he just trying to keep us and the Lions guessing, or maybe just maybe is this now an open competition and Kyle's actually considering starting the kid from the jump. Cause based on what we saw against the chiefs and against the chargers last week, I think starting Trey Lance is the right thing to do.
0: All right. Before we get to Jeff, Why why do you think, what did he show you in this game that makes you think he should start against the Lions in week one?
1: I just think he needs to play. I mean, is Trey gonna make mistakes? Of course he will, right? He's a rookie um, and a rookie who basically played only a season of college football. And he didn't even throw the ball a ton there either. But from what we've seen thus far this preseason, the kid learns quick. And he gets better with every additional rep. And I think the best thing for him and the team would be for him to take every single rep in practice with the first stringers and develop a rapport with the O-line, the starting O-line and receivers. I mean, now I know there are playoff implications or ex- expectations and even Super Bowl aspirations for the Niners, which makes Trey's situation a little bit different from some of the other rookie quarterbacks because obviously the stakes are higher but this roster is built to weather the growing pains of a rookie quarterback like Lance with our strong defense and, and running game and I think we'll only see the benefits from making Trey the starter from the jump come playoff
0: time all right I can I can buy some of that and I'll, I'll get to that but Jeff what you see in the Chargers game that you liked that you didn't like we did talk about some guys we were keeping our eyes on so who'd you keep your eye on that either impressed or took a step back
2: yeah I mean it's an interesting perspective from Jerry I guess we can get more back into the quarterback later I mean you got some good points um as far as I thought from the game I mean maybe I mentioned a little bit in the text and it kind of goes back to what you were saying last week Todd about you know do you start your starters or play your starters or do you not play your starters and that seemed to be like part of the theme in this game. I don't know how much they play against each other in practice, but the game itself was gotta be one of the worst games I've seen in a long time. And I sat there still watching it because I'm a Niner fan and I couldn't turn it off. So I just kept watching it, but the ref seemed disinterested. His, I I, I don't, if I see that guy before, but his calls were just like monotone, boring. Like there was way too many flags again. Some of them were were fine, Some, I don't know. Um, but like you know, drop passes, vanilla play calling, which I get. Um, but just the game overall, so just if we're if we're not gonna play anybody, then maybe we just don't play preseason games because that was brutal. The fans should have got in for free, uh, and then maybe they can buy a beer. But you can't how can you justify charging guys for that? So that that was kind of my take on that. I I can keep going if you want, but yeah, (laughs) that was my take on the on the game itself, man. It was brutal.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, we can touch on the penalties overall later on. I, I agree, there was way too many penalties called. Um, I think that's just a function of having third, fourth, and guys who are not going to be in the NFL out there. They're just—I mean, there's a reason that they're not NFL players. They're—they're they're just not talented enough. Um, as for the game itself, uh, I wanted—you know—I was looking forward. Hey, is Jalen Hurd going to get out there and show something? And he didn't. he, he didn't practice down in LA all week. Um, You know, Kyle said he was recovering, doing some rehab on some knee, but it's just been too much for too long that he has not been able to be on the field. I was disappointed Jawan Jennings didn't uh, get on the field. He was also nursing um, a little bit of an injury, but I think it's one of those things that if it's real game time, if it's during the season, these these guys, at least Jennings, probably could have played, but you're just not taking any risk with any bumps or bruises. So I was bummed to see or not see either of those guys on the field. Um, the thing that I took away, uh, not not related to the quarterback, because we'll get into the quarterback. The thing that I took away mostly was we have a bunch of average receivers, and it's. I hope it's I hope it's them just warming up because I really thought Ayuk was going to be have a huge breakout year. I thought Debo was going to be you know, borderline star. And, you know, they both dropped passes early in the game. We, it took Benjamin and Sanu to get into the end zone. And we talked about it early in the off season that those guys can't be your carry the team receivers. Those guys are, if they score, that's just a bonus. That means you're just piling on the, the, the point. So I was a little disheartened to see the wide receivers, but well, let's, we can just jump right into the quarterbacks, um, Because I do want to have, I do want to.
1: Well, real quick, can I jump in about the game? I know I had other thoughts about the game. I wasn't actually as disappointed as Jeff was. And maybe it's because, you know, I knew it was a preseason game. So it is what it was. And I was just interested in seeing, you know, how Jimmy did, how Lance did, and some of these other guys who I hadn't really watched and was curious about, such as Zach Kerr. I mean, I I think the D-line overall shined, including Zach Kerr, Jordan Willis and Kentavious Street, I think they all did really well. Um, you mentioned the receivers, um, and I think other than maybe Trent Sherfield, right? Um, I think, as you mentioned, they all pretty much overwhelmed with all the drops and the deflected interceptions that, you know, were really within their catch radius. I mean, I know it's only preseason, but come on, I mean, I'm seeing undrafted receivers on other teams like Marquez Callaway of the Saints or Kaderil Hodge of the Browns. Nobody knows who these guys are, but they're going after every ball like it's their last and make some spectacular catches. So, I mean, I hope our receivers can at least figure it out by week one. Which And the same goes for Ambry Thomas. I mean, I, I hope he figures that out th- to not be so grabby because he's going to get picked on and flagged for a ton of P.I. if he's pressed into action right away. Whereas on the flip side, I think Diomedo Lenore, who was drafted after Ambry Thomas, can play right away as he continues continues to have a pretty strong preseason. And lastly, can someone please tell me why the Niners cut Josh Rosen in favor of Nate Sudfeld? Because I thought Sudfeld looked terrible. I mean, to the point where I'm just like, you know what? Just cut him. Cut him and go with two QBs this season because we're going to, you know, need that roster spot for someone else anyway.
0: Um, well, I, can, I I can tell you the reason that they cut Rosen and kept Sudfeld because they gave Sudfeld money. So they Rosen wasn't guaranteed any salary. Cutting him cost them nothing. Cutting Sudfeld cost them a million bucks. I mean, that that's bottom line what it is. And unlike in past years, I don't know if the Niners are going to carry three rostered quarterbacks. I can see them just hanging on to Sud, you know, cutting Sudfeld during last cuts and then stashing them on the practice squad because I doubt anyone would want to, pick up Nate Sudfeld and put him on the active roster after the, the cutdown, but it's, it was a money thing. I mean, not to mention we talked about it last, last episode, Rosen's just debacle in the last, the end of the game against the chiefs where he couldn't get people lined up and he's taking sacks. I mean, I think, I think that was his audition and Kyle said, Nope. And I think Sudfeld came out and auditioned against the chargers and Kyle's like, nope Nope, but i need someone to take (laughs) snaps against the raiders so you get to hang around for another week so that was it jeff you got something yeah i was just
2: gonna say um you know some i think the defensive line may be a strong suit but you know uh to see some of those guys doing okay and getting some pressure but again they're going against backups right because nobody's playing in that game again like second third string guys um diomedo lenore definitely has stood out uh as, as somebody as well as uh What's this guy's name from uh, USC? The safety, those guys that maybe funga. funga Funga get it, or you know can play play right away. I saw you know Ambry Thomas looking around and, and missing a, a pass over his head, and that type of thing. Uh, but but yeah, I mean I don't know. I just it just seemed like it, it was hard to evaluate. I guess is what I was saying. Like you couldn't even evaluate these guys because of the vanilla play call. They weren't going against anybody. It just seemed like nobody was interested in being there. Like I said, including the refs. And then you get to the end of the game, and Staley's calling all these timeouts and just dragging it on. I'm like, what are you doing? Just get off the field. You're gonna get somebody hurt. So I, I don't know, it's just a disaster.
0: <laughs> One more guy that I was happy to see, and but he went unnoticed during the game, and that's Jalen Moore, the, the left tackle for the Niners who's started in place of Trent Williams. And I say he was happy because I didn't notice him. He wasn't getting called for holding. He wasn't giving up pressures. And then I realized, oh, that was the guy He started the last two games. Come to find out he's given up two pressures in 61 snaps. So talking about a guy who's drafted in the fifth round, looking for a swing tackle who can play, you might've found it. And then it got me thinking, and this kind of goes back to your Ambry Thomas comment of, Why do the Niners miss so much in the third round? Killa Witherspoon, CJ Bathard, Jalen Hurd, you know, and Ambry Thomas opposed to the fifth round. And you're getting (laughs) Greenlaw, Lenore, Jalen Moore, you know, you're Kittle in the fifth. You know, Drake, you're talking about like how do you miss so bad in the third for the past three or four years and hit so well in the fifth. I mean, Maybe maybe you got to take the anti Jeff strategy and trading up, and you just got to trade back and just accumulate <laughs> the whole fifth round. But yeah, right, I was yeah. I I was encouraged to see more. Again, I, I agree, Jeff. He wasn't going against anyone, but I don't know if you I don't know if you guys saw the the Saints Jaguars Monday Night game, but whoever was playing uh, left tackle for the Jaguars and just got like run over like he was a JV football player. That's what I was worried about when we're putting in, you know, the Jalen Moore, Moores of the of the world. But he held his own, so I was, I was happy to see that. As as a guy who is concerned about keeping the quarterbacks healthy.
1: Well, remember Joey Bosa wasn't on the field for the Chargers, so yeah. that helped.
0: Well, we're yeah. not going to see Joey Bosa for sixteen games, but Joey Bosa is going to make yeah. anyone he he's going to make almost anyone look bad at times. So. You know? And one,
2: one other guy I was going to mention uh the last you know couple of times I was up, uh Abukum, I guess, I, mean, I was surprised to see him out there, which was a good thing, you know. Uh I think he made a couple tackles, maybe even a sack, I can't remember, um, when he scrambled forward. So that was good to see him out there putting some pressure because if he could help out at all on the other side from from Bosa and or with D Ford, I mean that's just gonna be a positive. So.
0: So let's get into the quarterback play, and I'm gonna chat a little bit stemming off what Jerry talked about in the beginning, that's Trey Lance getting more reps, getting all the, now that we're inching towards the season and the number one quarterback's going to get 90% of the snaps. I agree with you. If Trey Lance can get those snaps, I think his education into the NFL will just skyrocket because that is what he needs. I'm also under the impression that the Niners can beat the Lions with trey lance or jimmy garoppolo they can beat the eagles with jimmy uh, garoppolo or trey lance and those are the first two games so why not put trey lance in there you give him you're talking about as soft a landing as possible for your nfl entrance on the flip side i don't know what happens with has Jimmy. let's put it this way has jimmy done enough to lose the job and has trey done enough to outright win the job because you got to think coming into camp jimmy had the benefit of the doubt just by being the veteran and he's done fine he's he hasn't played that many series we were supposed to see him a second series in the charger game but whatever kyle decided not to do and trey has looked good he he's he's looked how i've wanted him to look coming into the preseason he's shown his athleticism he's shown his arm strength he's shown his ability to merge in things under pressure and from one quarter to the next we've seen the progression we've seen how smart he can be so the, all those types of things but i know i know you want him to but if this was if this was it wasn't an open competition because jimmy had the you know tiebreaker so to say has Trey done enough or are we just looking at it's going to be a soft landing and we want to get Trey the snaps?
1: I think Trey's definitely done enough. I mean, it's tough, right? Because from our vantage point, we've only seen Jimmy in a very limited capacity. But that's not really our fault, right? I mean, they're they're treating him as if he's the seasoned veteran who's ready to go for, you know, in week 1, but in the amount of time that we've seen Jimmy I don't think he's impressed. In fact, I feel like he's just the same guy. Whereas I see so much potential in Trey. And like I said, from week one, to week two, you can already see like for every mistake he makes, he learns from it and he gets better. And I think that's what you want to see out of a rookie quarterback like that. Now, is Trey a polished passer? No, but guess what? Neither is Jimmy. I mean, Jimmy had the time and the lane to make a good pass to Brandon Ayuk on that interception, but he sailed the pass and it got picked. And when have we seen Jimmy make a poor pass? Like a bunch of times. So Mm -hmm. I think it's funny that people would even attempt to crush Lance for throwing too hard or throwing some inaccurate balls when Jimmy, the veteran, is not Mr. Precision either. But Lance learns and improves, which I have not seen from Jimmy.
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess it It goes back to what we were talking about a little bit earlier with, um, like, who's in there. I mean, that's not – that doesn't mean that Jimmy shouldn't be better because Trent Williams isn't in there. Kittle's not in there. He should still be hitting the passes or looking a lot better. I agree with you there for sure. Like I would have expected to see more in the times and the reps that he's gotten in this preseason that he would have been better. Right. That, that you're this is your team. Yeah. You got a guy pushing you, but like, why, why are you not completing these passes? You're still super inaccurate. Right. So so, yeah, I mean, I, I can totally see what you're saying there and then give give Lance more. I think with Lance, he's a, he hasn't played a lot. So I think we're still thinking, oh, it's still Jimmy's team, and then eventually we're going to take it away from him. And, I mean, I guess I'm just not privy enough to all the stuff that goes on at practice or all the reps are taking or all the conversations they're having with the coaching staff. I mean, so all that's going to play into it. But, um, I mean, but at one point, I guess, you know, I think Lance was like one for six for like – five yards or something like that. And it was like, eh, I need to see more from this guy. But at the same time, drop passes, um, maybe a vanilla playbook, uh, doesn't have the running game to really help him out. So, I mean, I get it. Like, I can see what you're saying, and then maybe it's it's worth it because when he throws a pass,
1: if even if it is a little inaccurate, so is Jimmy. So And you can't defend him in the no. red zone, right? Yeah. Like, I feel like if you don't start him, if the Niners in the red zone, he's automatically in. Cause he can kill you every different, which way, right? Like he can kill you with his legs. He can kill you with his arm. You don't know where it's coming from. So I think if they don't start him for sure, he's our red zone guy. But like I said before, I mean, you just, you know you gotta give him the, the idea that to say, oh, he hasn't played as a reason why or he doesn't have experience as a reason why not to start him. I get, but at the same time, I feel like this is the kind of guy who needs that. He needs to get every rep in practice with the ones. You know, and it really irks me all the talk about how Lance throws the ball too hard. I'm like, dude, they're NFL receivers. Crank right. up the jugs machine and go take some extra reps. I mean, right. I'm sure John Elway and Brett Favre threw the ball just as hard and their and their receivers figured it out. So come well,
0: on. well, I'm going to disagree with you there because both Elway and Favre have gone on record now after their retirement in in terms of saying – I wanted to throw it as hard as I could every time because I needed to get it in there only to learn that you can't throw one speed all the time that different throws required different speeds different, different you see speed. that
1: though but you see that from Trey he well, that's what I'm saying there I, I'm and not he saying he's he, not throwing it that I, hard I'm, he's actually saying I'm not throwing my hardest
0: well okay Justin Fields, you the the game's slow I mean <laughs> he's throwing so fast It was by guys. So you're telling me he can throw even faster? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying what he said. Okay. Well, and I'm saying then he then then he definitely needs to dial it back because if he can if that's fifty percent or sixty percent and it's still whizzing by guys, and we're talking about Ayuk and Sam. We're not talking about these guys that are you know going to be cut next week. We're talking about NFL receivers. So I I hear you, but I think this just goes back to. I just need him to get the snaps so he can learn when he needs to cut it loose into that tight window, when he needs to dial it back, when he needs to, you know, put a little air under it, all those types of things. Right. And me-
1: even more reason then for him yeah. to practice with the ones, right? To develop the timing, to develop yeah. the chemistry, to develop the touch,
0: all of it. Well, so let me ask you this, because we, both, we, we seemingly agree that the Niners should win their first two games if the Niners win their first two, if Jimmy starts and the Niners win their first two games, Jimmy's going to have to play abysmal for them to take, to to play Lance, you know, go at least in game three or game four. And I just don't know if that's going to happen. I mean, sure. The Niners, he, Jimmy could play a four interception game and the Niners could just outrun and out defend, you know, the Lions. So that's possible, but in my mind, I'm thinking if you don't start Jimmy there, or if you don't start Trey, you're you're looking ba- – basically you're looking for, well, when do we lose? Because that's going to be the next opportunity. Because are you really going to pull Jimmy if he's winning games, you know, as average or better? I don't know. That's I think that's what's going to be tough for Kyle to do is put Jimmy in against Detroit. They go win 28-14. Jimmy goes – I don't know, 20 for 30 and two touchdowns and a pick. And it's kind of like, okay, that's what I'm saying. Like, and I'm, that's why I'm with you that if you give it to Trey, there's that learning curve that you expect. You can live with some of his mistakes during those two games, most likely. Um, So that, that's again, what I'm thinking is going on in that building as they start projecting the starting lineups into the, into that game in Detroit.
2: Well, and I'm, I'm with you, Jerry, in that, in that sense, like with for the preseason games, I would have liked to have seen Trey with the ones and, or maybe even in practice, maybe I'm not, not privy to it. Maybe, maybe Todd knows or seen it, but I want to see him with the ones and see how he's doing, or unless Kyle Shanahan thinks I don't need to do that. And I'm just going to throw him in there week one, but um, I can like see him with the ones to see how he responds to the better protection or the running game or, or, you know, hitting those receivers because he, he definitely has a good arm and can and make the throws and he can can you know correct his mistakes? So um, I just would have liked to see that, I guess, in the preseason. But maybe they're not going about preseason in that way, obviously, right?
1: Well, and how much are you really seeing, or how much more are you seeing in practice when you're going seven on seven or you know eleven on eleven? I just I don't know. Like versus in these preseason games, I mean, I know that they're just doing vanilla defenses. I mean, are they doing more um, complicated, complicated defensive concepts in the practices? You know, where then Jimmy can show like, yes, look, he's way more sophisticated because he was able to diagnose this and this and this, whereas Trey was just hanging on to the ball, had no idea. Right. So that's the one thing we don't know. Right. What I do know is like you mentioned the whole winnable game thing, you know, the first two, I mean, it's not like Jimmy hasn't messed up a winnable game in the past, like last season's opener against Arizona. Or if you think back to 2019, I mean, I, I would, I, I'd have to look back, but I'm sure there were a handful of games where the Niners won it, you know, mostly because of the defense and the running game. And Jimmy actually didn't have a good game. I, I can think of the that game against Pittsburgh where Ben Roethlisberger wasn't was was out, and it was it was against Mason Rudolph, and we almost lost that game. You know, so even if we win, I don't think it's enough to just win. I think Jimmy has to play well. Otherwise, it'll constantly be a topic of discussion and a distraction, right?
0: Oh, yeah. Well, and I think you started seeing Shanahan, you know, just start to get more and more irritated as every, you know, question to start off the press conference is, are you going to name a starter? Are you going to name a starter? What's Jimmy got to do to lose it? What's Trey got to do to win it? You know, blah, blah, blah. You started seeing him getting a little short with the media, which he tends to do when he, he tends to get short with the media, when he knows something that they don't know and he, but he's not able to give them the real answer. Mm -hmm. Like the whole pre-draft when he was defending Mac Jones, if everything's to to be believed, they had already locked in on Trey Lance, but he was so irritated that media members were basically calling Mac Jones a scrub and this guy's no good that he couldn't come out and say, you know, you, we're not taking him, but this guy is a better quarterback than you're giving him credit. Like, he he can't do that. And I, I see that in his his mannerisms uh, against with the media after the game and today that he's just, I'm not ready to name him. Yes, I'll name him. When will you name him? I'll name him before the first game. I promise you, before kickoff, you will know who to start. Like, you start seeing him get a little short, which to me indicates he knows something, but he's not willing to give it. And he's just getting frustrated by the constant questions.
1: Yeah. But given that he's the son of Mike Shanahan, he had to know the landscape of the way the media works and the fact oh, yeah. that they traded their mortgage, their future traded up to get this kid. I mean, he had to know he was going to get barraged by these kind of questions. Every waking moment that he took front of the media.
0: There is a difference between knowing and, you know, appreciating. Accepting. Or, yeah. Accepting it. <laughs> I mean, there's, I mean, hey, your your final thought the last couple of weeks has been you very frustrated about not accepting things, even though you know what it is, right? So that's just that's you know to be to me that's to be expected, but I'm starting to see a little bit of frustration, and I guess that leads us to the the Raider game this coming this coming weekend. What do you want to see? What do you expect to see? Because Kyle for a few weeks now has talked about he's treating the third preseason game like he would any other third preseason game as the dress rehearsal. He's going to play his starters. They're all going to get snapped, you know, blah, blah, blah. So what are we going to read into it? Because on one hand, if Jimmy comes out and is the starter and he plays a couple series, that would tend to lead me to believe Jimmy's the starter against Detroit. If Trey comes out and plays with the starters. That might lead me to suggest Trey's going to be the starter. All that being said, is Kyle going to tip his hand like that against the Raiders?
1: Well, I mean, could he start Jimmy and only play him in the first quarter with the starters and then, you know, the rest of the starting unit, and then insert Trey in the second quarter, and keep the starting unit in there basically for the first half. But each of those quarterbacks just get a get a quarter each and then finish it out with your buddy Nate Sudfeld.
0: Yeah, I think uh Nate's gonna get a lot of snaps. I mean, just because. So Jeff, what what do you want to see against the Raiders besides help? But,
1: Yeah, but
2: again, yeah, hell, yeah. But again, I mean it's it's who is he gonna play the starters and what starters does he mean? So no Trent Williams, right? No Alex Mack, no George Kittle, no Mostert, no Sermon. So which starters? Like yeah. I don't, I don't know. So, but if you're gonna play some of the starters, maybe it's a good opportunity to start Lance and see what he's got. Or like Jerry said, keep them in, and that makes sense too, just to see what he can do. Not just with Sanu, but see what he can do with the other guys if they're healthy. Because I guess Debo is still banged up, so I don't know. But
0: that, um, I, I will say that was that was good to see. We heard Debo had a tight glute, you know, in the whatever, Thursday or Friday practice. Uh, but he comes out and starts and plays plenty of snaps. So I would imagine, again, get him a little bit of rest, but he was able to play because he was needed. So that, that was good, especially considering his history of some soft tissue injuries. Well, and I don't think it's a
1: coincidence that Trey Lance seems to have the best chemistry with Trent Sherfield because I'm sure that's the guy that he usually lines up with because he's always on, you know, playing with the second team. So again, that's why I think it'd be great if Trey Lance got more reps with the one so that he can develop that rapport or better rapport with Debo and Brandon Ayuk.
0: Anything else on the offense, Jeff?
2: And I was just going to say, um, we, we haven't seen him with uh use I guess either, you know? So those are, that's a huge, uh, I guess I don't know what the word is, but um, having use check and Kittle out there and having a, your full complement of running backs it would improve or show what Lance can do as well and or some running uh, packages for him. He, you can see it a little bit on the two point conversion. That was good to see him run the ball, which is why I probably Jerry's like we We need him in the red zone because he has that ability. So um, but we're not going to see it until we just throw it out there regular season if we don't see it this week. So. Uh, maybe Shanahan's seen enough in practice. We'll see.
1: I actually think the best play that Jimmy had in that Chargers game was when he pulled it down and he ran.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we'll have Trey run the passing plays and we can bring Jimmy in to run some, you know, lead <laughs> option. I mean, yeah. Clearly he has it.
1: Switch uh, it up a little, huh? Confuse yeah. the heck out of the defense.
0: Some uh, housekeeping items, I guess. Today was cut down. Day the Niners had to get down to 80 players. They released, uh, Calhoun, B.W. Webb, River Craycraft, Corbin Kafusi, and put Michael Kendricks, who played all of one play against the Chargers before blowing out his big toe, uh, <laughs> put him on IR so the Niners get down to the 80-player 80, 80 mark before having to lop off another 27 next week. Uh, but Maurice Hurst uh, came out of the game with a high ankle sprain, and Shanahan says – He's going to be missing some time. So the fact that he didn't get put on IR or waived today and reverted back to the injured reserve uh, seems to signal that the Niners might have some use for him on the defensive line. Going back to what you guys were talking about earlier, just the constant flood of defensive linemen that were coming in the game, Kerr and Willis and Ebukam, Eric Armstead. So, I think the Niners just love their defensive linemen, so I wouldn't be surprised to see eight, maybe nine guys make the make the final fifty-three man roster. So the you think
1: only eight or nine, because when I looked at my tabulation, I think they're going to have like one, two, three, four. I have a like eleven.
0: <laughs> um, i th- I think they're gonna I think they're gonna keep ten. Um, with not a surprise, but somebody somebody's gonna be let go i mean someone in the Cantavius street kevin Givens, jordan willis maurice hurst realm like i think those four guys are fighting for two spots so but jordan
1: willis i believe is suspended for the first few games because he is
0: he, he is so but does I mean, he
1: take up does he have to take up an active spot no. right from the jump or is he on the suspended list
0: he'd be on the suspended list and then after his six weeks he he would come off and he'd either bump somebody or he'd be given his pink slip so yeah um but yeah i i i agree that the the defensive line is going to be that's going to be the biggest position room on the team i mean i hope they got a large conference room when those big boys try and you know get their team meetings going because that's going to be i mean that's going to be a good loud raucous room for sure Other than that, you guys have any other comments about the Niners cuts, their IR progress or NFL notes in general after week two?
1: Well, I don't think there have been anybody of note who was cut around the league. I think what will be interesting to see is how many players are cut simply because they're unvaccinated. Because the whole COVID issue is rearing its ugly head again. And we've seen players who remain unvaccinated being sent home from their team's training facility after being in close contact with someone who did test positive, such as the poster child for the anti-vaxxers, Cole Beasley. So this is going to be a problem um, for teams with unvaccinated players, so much so that you've got Jerry Jones coming out and pleading for players to get vaccinated. And I think Jerry Jones sums it up perfectly when he said, Everyone has a right to make their own decisions regarding their health and their body until your decisions as to yourself impacts negatively. um, Many others. So, and then he goes on to say that, you know, the common good must then take over and we've got to check. I at the door and go forward with we.
0: Jerry Jeff, what did you think about the rest of the NFL preseason week two? Well, it's hard to know what's legit and
1: what's not in preseason. But Jameis Winston looked pretty good on Monday Night Football, albeit it was against Jacksonville. But he does appear to have the inside track to be the starting quarterback in New Orleans. Big shoes to fill there. And to me, I think all of the quarterbacks taken in the first round of this year's draft should be the starters. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence with the Jags and Zach Wilson with the Jets. Both teams aren't really going anywhere. So let the rookies learn on the job. Right. Same goes for Justin Fields and the Chicago bears. Um, You know, no need to waste your time with Andy Dalton, put fields in and see what he can do much like the situation here with Trey Lance and even our guy McCorkle, I think he's got a good enough camp. He's had a good enough camp. Um, And, you know, Cam Newton has proven to be an unaccountable bonehead yet again. So, the Pats should just move forward with Mac Jones under
0: center. Uh, I was going to bring that up. What do you guys – do you guys think the the Patriots have never read a rule that they could not exploit? I mean, they know the rule book better than anyone. It's hard for me to imagine the entire organization dropped the ball on this whole Cam left, didn't know he couldn't be tested, you know, by third-party people or whatever, so he's got to stay with – Is this them covering up for Cam? And does this open the door for Mac Jones to get the start in the last preseason game? Look pretty good, and them go. All right, we're gonna go with uh, Mac Jones. You know, sorry Cam, but that whole uh, you know missing time hurt you. I mean, it's just hard for me to believe that the Patriots of all teams blew a rules decision.
2: Yeah, that that's that was one of the things I thought was they did this on purpose, right? It seems like. Uh, it just makes sense right well, we're gonna have mac uh play and well sorry cam you couldn't practice this week so i mean that just you know, seemed <laughs> i don't know conspiracy theory or whatever but like that just seemed like pretty uh like, you know that, like that was meant to be that way that's, that's the first thing i thought too uh
0: you also brought up uh josh rosen earlier in the podcast josh rosen gets another another team another jersey to hang on his uh his man cave he signs with the atlanta falcons so I don't know. Is he going to get another shot to be a backup? I, I mean, I guess with AJ McCarron blowing out his knee, you have got another young guy just to sit in the quarterback room. And, um, but you mentioned Jameis Winston and I wanted to, I thought it was an interesting question years later after the draft, after Jameis went number one and Marcus Mariota goes number two right now, who's the better quarterback? Who's the, who's the, who's the better pick?
1: you have to say Jameis, because at least he's playing. I mean, I don't know why Marcus Mariota is again, shelved with another injury. I suppose I haven't seen him all preseason.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess Jameis is making the, making the most of his opportunity. I mean, I think he probably should be the starter or should have, you know, should have been been considered the starter all along, probably. I mean, with Hill being like kind of the gimmick guy. So, um, and yeah, you know, he he had some decent numbers, right. He's going to put some decent numbers and you know, maybe, maybe it's more Arians, you know, you hear this stuff about him being just kind of free, like, oh, throw all these picks. Yeah. You get a, a better offensive mind or more strict offensive mind, maybe clean up those interceptions. He's still going to put up 5,000 yards, 30 touchdowns, right? With the 30 picks, but he up those picks. I mean, maybe they'll be more competitive than I thought. And I was thinking uh nah, the Saints aren't going to be any good, but Maybe maybe they'll be okay in the mix They're competing for a wildcard spot or something like that. But.
1: And didn't he get the LASIK surgery after the 30-pick yeah. season? So, you know, maybe that's what it was. Right. He just couldn't see.
0: <laughs>
2: the surgery, some time off. I mean, it's sure. time to learn.
0: Yeah, I mean, if Ricky Vaughn taught us anything, seeing's the most important part. So <laughs> yeah, uh, although was yeah. he more
1: colorblind than you know because you know the other guys are wearing a different colored jersey? But ah, uh, good one. Yeah,
0: and in the uh, in the category of uh, Jeff's one of Jeff's favorite sayings, the Jags just being the Jags. Travis 18 breaks his foot in the preseason and is done for the year. You know, it's like. Oh, you know, typical yeah. Jags, right,
2: Jeff? Right. I mean, you hate to see it. I mean, you you hope – they also have many players, right? So then they get try to get one in the first, and sure enough, right, broken foot or <laughs> whatever the, the case is. You better get somebody to protect Trevor Lawrence, because so, just like Jerry was saying, he's going to be starting. But uh, you better not get him killed back there because he is your
0: future. So now we move into the week three preseason, so we'll see which coaches – treat it like a dress rehearsal and play some starters. We'll see which coaches treat it like what used to be the fourth preseason and put everyone in bubble wrap and just let the insurance salesmen, you know, go out there and have their last NFL dream uh, before the cut down day. Uh, anything else on the NFL before we get to our final thoughts?
2: Just just real quick, uh, not to say a final thought, but I noticed one of the cuts was uh, what, B.W. Webb, I believe, corner. Yep. And I was just um, – Mentioned to Jerry a little bit ago, uh, I was talking about the, the corner depth. I guess we have some other guys there, but I kind of was surprised to see another corner uh, get cut. I mean, that's going to be an area of need, I would think, with you know the guys we have. I almost forgot about them because <laughs> they haven't played at all. And then um, Mosley's hurt, right? So, um, you know, unless it's going to be Lenore and, and Thomas out there, I mean, might need some more depth there. Maybe, maybe we could pick up a guy from somebody else.
1: Uh, bw webb's hair was pretty amazing but that's pretty much the only thing amazing i could say about him because his play was was not that good
0: (laughs) his play was pretty darn bad actually pretty darn bad so um i
1: guess that's why
0: (laughs) and and before we get to final thoughts raise your hand if you knew if it was that it was week zero in college football this weekend no no yeah neither did I. i had to be alerted to it by a a news alert or something something that came up that, you know, hey, this Saturday, Nebraska, Illinois, UConn's at Fresno State. San Jose State taking on Southern U. We got six college football games. So, and they call it week zero. So, I mean, I, I don't, like. Is that you like zero they, period? You just didn't maybe they like, should promote that period. a little more there, right? You just, you couldn't just call it week one and tack an extra week onto the end. You had to call it like, i mean i guess it's because you know they're not considering utep and alcorn state legitimate enough to you know be in week one that you know (sighs) that's going on but i you know again that was kind of it was news to me i mean obviously you know college football is coming up but real games start this weekend so say your dvrs you know for all that whack action that's going to be coming up on saturday so um but now uh that's, that was all the football that popped up for me today. So, Jerry, final thoughts?
1: Well, being that this is the 40th anniversary of the catch, I know, feel old, right? Mm. And being that Matt Mayoko is a friend of the show, I wanted to plug his Dwight Clark Legacy Series event, which will take place on August 31st at the Concord Pavilion. I definitely wish I could attend because it sounds awesome and some of our favorite 49ers will be there um, to share some of their stories with the fans, Brent Jones, George Kittle, Ronnie Lott, the entire Dwight Hicks and the hot licks defensive secondary, uh, as well as George Seifert. So if you're interested, you can visit the website letters to 87.com to order your tickets. Nicely said, Jeff, final thoughts.
2: Well, a couple of things. Um, really uh, when I say like every week, right. Uh, we got to have health, right? I mean, I can't emphasize that enough. So maybe that's the reason why these guys are not playing fine bubble wrap them If you have to We've got to keep these guys healthy, especially our dynamic players. So we can really take it to the lions. Right. The other thing is um, not necessarily a final thought, more of a question. You just mentioned that about college football, like not promoting anything, but what are these conferences doing? Can somebody explain to me what the PAC 12 SEC ACC are doing? I, I, not sure what the hell's
0: going on there. Uh, I can't give you a deep in insightful thesis, but I can give you kind of what I'm hearing, and it all just stems off of Oklahoma and Texas jumping into the SEC, and everyone's starting to pilfer the Big Twelve for you know their scraps, and then realizing that, well, even with their scraps, we're not going to be able to compete with the SEC for you know eyeballs when it comes to head to head. Yeah. So, well, why don't we just form an alliance that, you know, Ohio State and Oregon will, you know, shake hands to play each other every three years and Nebraska and SC will. It's basically an accelerated arms race, which is what everyone thought was going to happen when Texas and Oklahoma jumped ship was everyone's going to try and duplicate what the SEC is doing. And eventually it's going to just merge into, Maybe two conferences, you know, (laughs) like, you know, (laughs) an SEC and a, you know, West Central or something like that. And both conferences will have 20 teams. It'll make up the 40 best college football programs. And that's how it's going to go. It's just accelerating a lot quicker than I think people imagined.
2: well, it's funny, you mentioned Alliance, so it's kind of like Survivor, and they're trying to take on these different, you know, jo- join these different groups, and, yeah. and it, just, it just seems silly, might as well just blow the whole thing up, have no conferences whatsoever, and just play whoever you want, I mean, <laughs> it just you know, seems that, really kind of silly. <laughs>
0: that, that wouldn't be a bad idea if I trusted these athletic directors and head coaches not to schedule, you know, Little Sisters of the Poor three, right, times right. A, three times a year so they can get three automatic wins going into, you know, some tougher games. But yeah. they always do. So we'll, yeah. we'll see. You're, you're right. It's, we, we talked about it a few times. College football is the wild, wild west right now. And yeah. the, the major programs, the Alabamas, the Ohio States, they're the ones who are going to control everything. And that's where the players are going to go. So they're going to fight over the five star recruits. And we'll see what happens after that. Yeah. My final thought, I, I'm going to put this into the category of PSA, and it's two PSAs. And again, I know Jerry likes to call me Boomer because I just, I'm just i just not in touch with the youth of America. Have you guys been following the Milk Crate Challenge? Seen it. Je- nope. Uh, okay. Thank you. I mean... Go ahead and just type it into the Google machine and, like, you know, a million results will come out. Is this it's a thing where
1: somebody climbs on the milk crate and yes. then somebody kicks the milk crates from under them?
0: Well, they're not supposed to hit it. They're simply supposed to go over it. And apparently it's very difficult. And the amount of videos of people face-planting and okay. breaking bones <laughs> and just dismembering themselves, I mean... I don't know if it's taken the death toll of the pot of the tide pod challenge, but people don't get up on eight milk crates. Don't try it. Like, you know what? Just don't do it. Please for, for humanity, just don't do it. So that, that's PSA number one. And PSA number two, it, that was mildly serious. And, and this one's going to be a step up to semi-serious and that's, it's Niners Raiders. It's at Levi's. Everyone going to the game. Can you please just act like a civilized human being? There was a reason that this rivalry was canceled. What? Six, seven, eight years ago. And it's be- it is because of the fans. It's because a small group of both sides of the Bay decided to puff their chest out and try and show Whose football team was tougher by how many people I can beat up? So if you're going to the game, don't be an idiot. You know, don't be an a-hole because I'll tell you, preseason is one of the few times that tickets are so low usually that a dad can take his son and you can take the family to the game. And they cannot go to the game if you are going to act like an idiot. So enjoy yourselves root chirp a little bit if you must but just please i beg you both sides just behave
1: yes as much as i love for that to happen i'm just not sure right if your psa number two can come to fruition because of your uh psa number one with the whole milk crate challenge because between that And the whole anti-vaxxer movement, maybe people and your Tide pod challenge, maybe people in general, some people have just a death wish. I think that's what it is. And and I think I saw fans, two fans at the uh Steelers Lions preseason game get into a into a brawl or a little there's been a few, I'm sure. I don't even think those are rivals.
0: Well, I mean, if you have a death wish, can't you just do it the old-fashioned way? Go jump out of a plane, go bungee jumping go jump off a, a some a, a tall building with a squirrel suit like can't you do something that really the only one you're gonna hurt in the end is you which i guess goes to the milk crate challenge you, no one else is under you so you're only hurting yourself but I don't know
2: yeah I just, wanted, I just wanted to add i appreciate you saying that about the game i would say i would say that yeah it's still gonna happen and you're still gonna have these idiots out there and I would just say if I were you guys I wouldn't go to the game. <laughs>
1: And I'd also like to add a disclaimer right now that those opinions and thoughts only belong to Todd as far as jumping off a bridge and do not reflect my beliefs. <laughs> he meant, you
2: know, skydiving or <laughs> bungee jumping.
0: There are... There are there are more efficient ways to get a thrill than to go beat up somebody in the bathroom or bash someone in the head with a bottle because the other team scored a touchdown or something. So. Okay. Boomer. Exactly. (laughs) Anyway. So um, we're coming up on it. We're, We're at the end of the preseason. Next time we get together, the preseason will be put in the books. Final cuts will have been made. I I can't even I can't promise that Shanahan will have named a starting quarterback because there still is what about almost two weeks before the first game of the season and every indication is that you know he's not gonna he's not gonna tell the media until he absolutely has to which might be the week of when the media is allowed to check out practice and you can he can you can see actually who's taking a majority of the snaps so we're gonna have a lot to wrap up next week and after next week it's pedal to the metal. Unlike most of things where you get a little bit of a little bit of a runway to ease into things, you go right at it. In 17 weeks in playoff and Super Bowl dreams are on the line. All right. That is it for Three Side Sports. Again, like us on Twitter, leave us a comment on iTunes. For Jerry, for Jeff, I'm Todd. We will see you next week. Good night.
1: back from old men in- hey!